0: That's linkedin.com slash MPN. Terms and conditions apply.
3: in an attempt to uncover all the ways influence impacts how and what we discover, purchase, and recommend to each other.
1: Wow. And where can people subscribe?
3: Go to theartofswaypodcast.com. Find the show at marketingpodcasts.net or search for The Art of Sway wherever you get your podcasts.
1: You heard her. Go subscribe.
2: Welcome to The Deb Show. I'm Deborah Eckerling, author of Your Goal Guide and founder of The Deb Method, which is my system for goal setting, Simplified. My vision is to give you the tools, inspiration, and motivation you need to figure out what you want and help you make a plan to get it. Let's get started. Welcome, everyone. I'm so excited about today's show. Yes, I say that every week, but I mean it every single week. And what better thing to get excited about than authenticity because... Let's just face it. I'm all about the community, the connection, and being with your peeps. And to do that the best, you need to be authentic. Uh, For those of you who don't know me, I'm Deborah Eckerling, author of Your Goal Guide and creator of The Dev Method for Goal Setting Simplified. I specialize in workshops for goals and event outcome optimization. You can't reach your goals on your own. You need your people. You need to learn stuff. So Every Sunday night, I leave the Gold Chat Twitter chat. And then on Mondays, I bring in three friends to dive deep into the topic of the week. And yay, awesome people today. Uh, we have with us Ron Ben Joseph, who comes from the Friends of Annie Coalition. And it turns out we grew up in the same hometown. And we will not say the age difference because we didn't meet when we were there. But that's all good. I always say the people who move from the Midwest are the best ones. But, of course, people... In the Midwest, which I know Julie Riley is, they're also pretty awesome. So we do have Julie Riley from StreamYard and Ethan Butte from BombBomb. And my November theme is success because we are wrapping up the year. I do start the new year in December. Some people like to wait until January, normal things. But I think it's really important to end the year strong, which is why I was really jazzed about this topic. And what amazing guests we have. So Ethan, let's start with you. Will you please introduce yourself and say things, why you're so excited about the topic? That's probably sure.
4: story. uh <laughs> I come to authenticity. I mean, of course, it's a it's it's an important, popular conversation, but I think about it a lot in terms of our digital communication. Um, my title is Chief Evangelist at a software company called BombBomb. Uh, we make it easy to record and send video messages in place of what would otherwise be faceless typed out text. Uh, I host two podcasts. I've been hosting the Customer Experience podcast for almost four years, and I just started a new one called Chief Evangelist where I'm interviewing guests yes, Chief Evangelist, about evangelism and uh, and its benefit uh, to a market and to a company. Uh, I've also uh, written two books on themes related to this, including um, the more recent one, which is the yellow one, Human-Centered Communication, uh, and the first book, the orange one, uh, Rehumanize Your Business. So um, I was excited to get uh, your outreach, Deb, about talking about authenticity. I love the format of this show and I'm looking forward to the conversation.
2: Well, and thank you for being here. And I love it. I think we mentioned this last time, like our books are twins. Yeah. <laughs> I know completely unplanned because like you can actually plan this. Okay. You can't. Um, Julie, great to see you and always fun to have you on. Let me just swap you with Ethan. Hey, um, Share who you are and why you're here and anything else that strikes
4: you.
3: Yeah. So I'm Julie Riley. I am the social media and community manager at StreamYard, which is what we're using to live stream this show tonight. Um, And I love getting to work with all of my community members and all of our people on social. What I love about this topic is this is what I talk about when we're talking about live video, is being your true authentic self. Because you can't fake it there. Um, I mean, you if you're a really good actor or actress maybe, but when you're live, you're live, you are who you are in person. And that's what I love about it.
2: It's and even though. Okay. So I'm going to, I know this about you and Ethan and maybe Ron will, um, correct me if I'm wrong about him as well, but we've been doing this video thing before everybody had to do the video thing. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, The fact that it's more like mainstream now and accessible has made it really better to have these kinds of conversations, whether I was saying before we went live, this is where I get to hang out with my friends. You know, let's all go and be authentic together on a live stream. Do do
3: you feel like that has, am I right? Oh, definitely. (laughs) And this is where these conversations happen. And the beauty of what any of these tools that allow you to create these multiple group conversations do is not only are you now able to talk to your audience, but you're able to talk with your guests and create a whole conversation. Um, and then when you can bring the chat up in the comments, you can create that conversation with your audience members at the same time. So you're not just a talking head preaching at somebody. You're creating this two-way conversation or four-way in this case that goes multiple directions and really builds upon the story as you're going through it. Well, thank you for agreeing with me.
2: I had a feeling that you would. <laughs> Ron, welcome to the world of Goal Chat Live.
5: I love you said December. Is that what you said, December?
2: Yes, I started I love the year in December.
5: Thank oh my you. God, make, make like as well you should. <laughs> um, thank you so much for having me on today, especially with authenticity. Authenticity is kind of um, at the core of the work that I do. I work with uh, female executives, CEOs, and entrepreneurs um, who have been told they're too much or not enough in their lives. Um, and authenticity is kind of when they tap into that, that is literally the game changer for them. So when we talk about authenticity, we talk about like, being in alignment with what feels right, what feels organic, like an extension of you, and then how to replicate that, how to recreate that. So totally like talking about StreamYard and video, like a lot of what we do, and especially in 2020 when everybody started like jumping on StreamYard and, and constantly creating video content, um, authenticity became kind of the rule, right? Like as opposed to a lot of people, I think, when the trend started like getting sexier, like they started going, oh, I have to do videos. So I'm going to do it and and kind of, replicate what i'm seeing other people do and, and it wasn't authentic right it wasn't true to who they are and how they speak or even like their voice i was equated to like it's like an opera singer who's trying to sing rock it's it doesn't it doesn't like it doesn't fit in your instrument right so authenticity is definitely something that i think we saw all, go both ways or all the ways on the spectrum right like we saw people be like really vulnerable and really um sincere or like <laughs> super schmacky you know
2: well and If you're being someone else's authentic self, you miss
3: the point. Yes. And it shows and it's obvious to the audience. They can see right through it. They can. And I want to
2: address the, it's not really an elephant, but I have to ask you. Now, you said you are a coach for females. Why?
5: Um... (laughs) Uh, I mean, like the basic answer is just, it's more fun for me. Um, it's just a better conversation and it just kind of evolved that way too, in, in, a, in a great way. Um, I tapped into an amazing community in 2018 called the Dames, uh, run by Megan Conter, who, uh, she is just the most incredible connector I've ever met. She just like lives and breathes connections. And I just found with this community and just felt like artistically, like I'm home. I have a, I have a theater background and I never felt more welcome or more creative. Uh, like at the risk of sounding selfish, but like, it just, it was like the best environment to work with these uh, high achieving female entrepreneurs. Um, and it just like the more used to it I got, the more the vocabulary started forming and it became a shorthand. And now it's like, I work with guys every so often, but it's not, it's like I have a shorthand and I'm, I just love it. Like it's just, I feel more um, I feel more helpful. I feel like I'm working towards a cause um, getting more women to the seven figure mark, getting more women to break the glass ceiling um, and, and having more women, especially in, in, in the corporate world, opt in. So, you know, to, to speak their truth, to, to to show up authentically, to create content and project it in a way, in a, in a light that is truly um, representative of who they are and their greatness. So it's like, I, it's you know, it's like, I just love it. <laughs> That's the answer.
2: Really? I can't tell.
5: <laughs>
2: uh, and Ethan, I have to tell you, whenever I get a video message instead of. Like an email, it's like a treat. It really yeah. is.
4: I mean, at some level, it's a gift of time and attention. Um, it is a gift that is not perceived when you send something like a f- typed out email. It doesn't matter how much time you spend, like you could have spent two and a half minutes or two and a half hours crafting this very thoughtful reply to someone's uh question, and they're never going to receive it in a way that says, Oh my gosh, I can't believe you gave me. You know, two hours or 90 minutes or a 60 minute thoughtful typed out reply. But if you send a 90 second video or a five minute and 42 second video, it's just so very obviously a clearly defined gift of your time and attention when it's in a one-to-one format.
2: It's very powerful. I had someone, um, usually the people who come on my show are friends or friends of friends. And I had someone do a video with, my show my on the the iTunes page in the background and that's how she said hey Deb, I love your show. I want to be on it. I mean, what am I gonna say? No. Right. Th- th- that extra attention and that extra bit of detail is quite an impact.
3: You know, it's interesting. I have a friend who she was getting leads coming into her business. And then when she would respond back to the leads, it would just die. And she was we were trying to brainstorm through ideas. And I asked her, I said, have you thought about sending a video reply? And she was like, no. And I was, so I sent her the link because I'd used Bomb Bomb before and I actually sent her the link to Bomb Bomb. And so she started doing her replies in a video reply and her response back to that message. Uh, I think it like tripled. So
2: yeah, it, it, it's an impact. So, and we're talking, so live show replies, the hawking. So you're all kind of interwoven (laughs) into the different things that you do. And you've kind of addressed this, but not really. So I'm going to ask the question, what is authenticity? Dun, dun, dun. I know you're like shocked that that's the first question. I know you're not. So Ron, what do you think?
5: Um, I love that you asked that. Yes. Um, For me, it's kind of, it's a combination of really listening and being in alignment with what feels right in any situation where you have to present yourself or, or, or share your thoughts. Right. So, um, when I was coming up as an actor, um, I, I had this vision of what a performance should look like or what a character should be, you know, how I'm going to move, how I'm going to speak. And it it was fake and you could see it. Like if I videotaped it, like the eyes, there was no connection. There was nothing going on internally. So I wasn't connected to what felt right and, and organic on my inside, Right. Um, so I think it's that first, like the alignment of what feels right, and then the ability to express it freely. Um, so like a lot of people, when they first start off tapping into that vulnerability and that, and that um, extension of their heart and soul and spirit, they, they might feel reserved a little bit. They might not be like, ah, you know, gregarious and free. So authenticity, I think, is that hybrid of like what feels good and then internally and then being able to express it in the external plane or the interpersonal plane.
2: Got it. Good. Love it. Uh, Ethan, what do you think?
4: Uh, I mean, Ron really got it. I don't have a textbook definition of it, but it certainly overlaps and has relationships with honesty, consistency, and integrity. Um, and I think an interesting sub-conversation that we may or may not get to is that you know there are some circumstances in which it is not to your benefit or to the other person or the other people's benefit for you to be Truly, one hundred percent, completely, consistently, real in the moment, and that's to say your inner feelings expressed outwardly. Sometimes you need to uh, tamp down uh, feelings of concern or frustration or anger. Like, so it's you know the, this uh, this charge, to, like go out and be authentic all the time. I think um, feels good to say. Sometimes feels <laughs> good to hear. It's certainly permission that some people need to hear. Um, but. To me, authenticity is throughout all of that and being appropriate to the moment, appropriate to the context that you're true to your deepest core and to your own values um, and the way you want to carry yourself. And, and, And to the degree possible, to the degree it's to the benefit of everybody, putting yourself perhaps in an uncomfortable situation to let some of that come through the way that Ron was describing
2: Okay, an uncomfortable position meaning sharing more um, than you normally yeah, would? I
4: mean, the cultural norm doesn't say, and this is one of the reasons, this is where I thought Ron might go when you asked about gender, um, is, you know, certainly so much of business through the 20th century, at least, hopefully we're evolving. It uh, feels kind of like we are, like we can have conversations like these. But, you know, it was command and control. Uh, it was machismo, it was male dominated and patriarchal. And very often women had to be inauthentic to themselves to get along in the boys' club. Uh, and I know that's very generalized, but I know that you know, anyone any woman who's been working professionally can identify with some aspect of that. Um you know certainly if you were working you know 15 20 years ago or in a very particular style of organization let's say and so um that adaptation has been forced uh and so this ability to find yourself in a situation where being true to yourself and being more authentic in that moment feels like it's and I don't mean this in the popular sense, but countercultural like it's counter to the prevailing culture or context of the moment or of the scene or of the group um, or of the scenario, circumstance, situation, stage, whatever, um, that you do step through that discomfort of vulnerability to be as authentic as you can in the moment. And I feel like we're at a place where that is more welcome than ever. And I think it's something that we should... Um, make much easier within our organizations as well, the, for people to be able to behave in a more authentic manner uh, more often um, and not have to carry multiple aspects of themselves into a situation to determine how to ration that out to,
5: you know, the people involved. Can I, can I add to that Ethan real quick? I, I love that so much. And I think going back to your earlier point about the, and tell me if I'm misinterpreted, but the idea is like, there's also authenticity in knowing your audience, right? Like, so so no like read the room, right? Like so to the extent that you're comfortable, the extent like right, there's a time place that you can be authentic, but also read like the audience and see how effective you're gonna be if you're overly authentic or overly critical or honest, right? Quote unquote. Like I I'm very close to my co parent, my my ex wife, but like I can't like if she brings an idea or like says I have to do something, I'm like, Okay. In my soul, I wanna be like like I wanna throw a temper tantrum, but I know that's <laughs> not gonna get us to where we all need to be as a family, you know? So um, I, I love that you bring that up that the, it's not a caveat, but it's, a, it's a boundary or it's a frame within authenticity. Sorry yeah. to cut you up, Julie. I, I was very excited.
3: You're okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, so with authenticity, I think I like to equate because I'm in the video world and in live streaming and we've got our YouTube channel as well and everything is you can take a polished edited YouTube video that is cut down. And all of the little extras, any little imperfections are removed out of that. And you're this perfect talking head that's got your smile, you know, and and everything's edited and cleaned up. And the authentic self is not edited and perfect. You are your imperfections. And that's part of why I like the live video is because, you know, you're going to hit a word, you're going to hit a moment, and you're going to go, oh, shoot that one the train derailed i've lost i've lost the thought let's re- refocus and we'll regroup but it's really you and it's who you are but i also love what you brought up about women in the workforce and women with that authenticity of you know 15 years ago i could not have shown up to a corporate job with purple hair i couldn't have it would not have been acceptable um and it's totally okay I would not have shown up on a live stream with a hoodie on, but it's part of our StreamYard brand, which has become part of my authentic self. Um, and so it's kind of molded with me. But there was this time where you were expected to be perfect and polished even when you were in person and you weren't always your authentic self. And so now we're finding this balance of, okay, I can be my authentic self, but like you said, also finding and reading that room and going, okay, but how do I mold my authentic self to the right situation, but still be me and still be authentic? Um, so it's finding that neat kind of spot that we're in right now where it's becoming a lot more accepted to have things like the fun hair or Mm -hmm. piercings, but still fit into the corporate, uh, side of things.
2: I remember a conversation I had 15 years ago with a friend um and it was a guy friend and the crux of it was women in corporate at least at that time did not bring out their feminine side i'm trying to be as like PC as possible but basically you had a look when i tell people i worked in corporate for years wearing you know the slacks and the button down shirts i always get a double take Because they think that it is like the exact opposite of Bubbly Deb. And perhaps it was, but that's what you did. And I think now
3: that's changed, yes? Oh, yes, definitely. I mean, I think there's still some industries and some corporate businesses out there that have not evolved with the change yet, but they're getting there um, the world is forcing them to get there. Um, especially after COVID and the, uh, the great escape of this workforce where people are going, I don't have to do that anymore. That's not who I am and it's not who I want to be. So I'm going to go figure out what I want to be and who I want to be and go do that. And that's what people are doing. And it's forcing these other corporate industries to go, Ooh, we need to get with it and we need to allow these changes to happen.
2: And I think tech and tech adjacent, which is what I call social media. I know it's still all tech, but I think or I feel like that's the forefront because when you work in tech, you need to be forward thinking or else what are you doing?
5: Yeah, I have, a, okay, I have a, nodding.
2: Oh. Doesn't work well on the podcast version, so
5: let's. Try oh, that. I, I I don't know what you're saying. I just I started talking. Um, well, I have a client that she she speaks all over the country on recruiting, and and so much of that, like totally to Julie's point of like, showing like finding that balance of authentic self and expression because you have options now, right? People can, especially with online, right? Anyone can start a business at this point, right? So and do what they love and what feel and and show up with hoodies and all that. Stuff. And, I, and it's so interesting she does all these presentations about how to retain and engage uh, when hiring and, and and at the root of all of it is like the thesis of like hey if you come work for us we'll give you all this space to be yourself and I don't I don't know historically that was ever the case right where it was like we'll we'll tailor our program to you the individual yeah. employee and that's phenomenal right but but it's because I think people have options now
2: and that and that's goes to the crux of what I do. You know, you can, you get to have the life you want, but you need to give yourself the time, space, and energy to figure out what that is and make a plan to turn it into reality. So all this stuff really goes hand in hand. But if you want a great life, you should be yourself because when you try and be someone else, it just doesn't work. Um, Which leads into my next question, which Julie kind of <laughs> spoiled. Um, so in what ways do you showcase your authentic self,
3: Julie? Well, you know, some of those are, so when I've done some speaking, I remember, you know, even in the early days of my public speaking, I would put on the dress and the heels and I would get on stage and I would deliver my presentation, but I am not a dress and heels girl. And I would get off of there. And the first thing I'm doing is like throwing the heels off and trying to put the sneakers back on and trying to get myself more comfortable. And so What I learned was, yes, like we said before, reading that room and going, okay, I'm not going to walk into a presentation of bankers in ripped jeans and a hoodie, but I can also find that balance to where I don't have to be this person that I'm not to deliver my amazing content. And really, if at the end of the day, they're going to not hear my amazing content because of me not being in a dress and heels then they're not the audience I want to be speaking to anyways, that they're not who I want to be delivering my content to because they're going to find something else. They're going to find you know, the purple hair or the piercing, or I'm not going to fit into their mold of what they expect. So they're not who I want to deliver my stuff to. So from there, it's going out and going, okay, I'm going to go find my audience. I'm going to find who I need to speak to. And then I can show up As myself, I can get out there and deliver everything they need to hear, and they're going to hear it and they're going to walk away and go, Wow, that was amazing. And we didn't see or judge or look over the whole picture that people have expected. My favorite way to showcase it is video because I work from home. I'm in the Midwest. I don't have to travel all over the country for it. And I get to speak to a worldwide audience from Wichita Kansas. I mean, <laughs> what a world. Like w- to think about 7 years ago was the early days of live video. That was the pure peer- meerkat, periscope, blab days. That was when it really started to take off and that's only 7 years ago. So, yeah. And they're all gone. <laughs> they are <laughs> StreamYard's not going anywhere. We're here. Yes, we
2: we do love StreamYard.
3: We but do love yeah, yeah, those ones are, but it's interesting because you can also watch the evolution of each of those that got us to where we're at now. They were those founding fathers of live video that paved the way um, for allowing audiences to show up authentically everywhere every day and finding who they need to speak to. Um, you know, when I teach on live video, the first thing I tell people is you don't have to be on every single channel, find out where your audience is and start talking to them. And then if you want to build your audience on another channel, then you can do that, but build it strong in one place, build that audience, and then you can start picking up and growing those pieces. But people are going to show up for you and your content first and foremost, Um, It's also why when I teach video, I tell people don't fret about the perfect background and the perfect lighting. And yes, I've gotten mine to that point, but that is years of building it out. But I tell them when you start, start with what you have, start with your camera, start with a simple, easy, inexpensive lavalier microphone. And from there you can build up all the pieces because at the end of the day, it's you and your authentic self that everybody's going to show up for.
5: And Julie, your Hi. background is stunning. Your background is like immaculate. <laughs>
3: Thank you. Once
4: to extend that a little bit, uh, I'll just add like kind of functionally – your authentic self is not like waiting to be found or discovered. Like it's not around a corner. And so, as you're getting into some channels that you're not necessarily accustomed to, or you're getting into a new role or a new market, um, you're finding yourself in some unique situations. Whether it's showing up more often on video or guesting on podcasts or whatever the case may be, or doing some of your own writing, developing your content, whatever that is, um, you need to develop. A lot of that. It comes through practice and repetition. That's why I so appreciate your call, Julie, right off the top of um, the way I say it is your imperfections are your perfection. Um, That what makes you uh, open and available and attractive to other people is your willingness to be comfortable in your imperfections. And so this process, and, and that's the saddest thing I've experienced about video. Um, I teach it from the video messaging side how to record and send video messages, when to do it, how to do it, et cetera. Um, I see so many people quit before they ever start in earnest. And it's because they're just so uncomfortable in that period before they have found their way to express themselves in a meaningful and authentic manner. They feel awkward. And so they just stop. And so I just want to give permission to people to develop their confidence. And I don't use the word comfort. I prefer the word confidence. A lot of this ability to be authentic and to be true true to yourself has these two layers and then I'll stop speaking because I just kind of addressed both of them. The first one is to find out what your authentic self is. And that's a, it's a process of discovery um, and trial and error and like what feels really good to you and what felt really honest. And you know, when you i think of it, like I used to play golf a lot when I lived in the Midwest And golf wasn't so expensive and hard to find because there's golf everywhere when you live in West Michigan, um, which is where I grew up. And, you know, I would, I was not, I was never good, but I would hit enough good shots in a round, like where it just feels so good through your whole body. just like make great contact. It goes where you want it to go. Like, it's just so, and that might happen two or three times in a round, but it's enough to bring you back. And so all that frustration and, you know, imposter syndrome, as you're walking this golf course, like I do not belong on a course this nice. I'm like just hacking it up. Um, you hit enough good shots that bring you back out the next time, the next time, and you start to find yourself to that process. And then, um, your willingness to bring it, um, despite that discomfort is, um, truly remarkable to people. People can feel the difference. I mean, we haven't talked specifically about sincerity, but, um, What everyone judges, I'll just share one more tip. I said I was going to stop, but I won't. The two criteria by which every social judgment is made are are warmth and competence. Um, And we judge warmth before we judge competence. Uh, it's, It's more important to us from an evolutionary biology perspective. And so the colloquial way to say it is people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care, right? And specifically, they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care About them, and that's your intent. That's the warmth piece. What's your motivation? Where are you coming from? Do you actually believe the words that you're saying? Do you seem to have my best interests in mind? Do you seem to understand me a little bit, or at least want to understand me a little bit? And until you can check those boxes for other human beings, they're not so much interested in what you have to share or what you have to say. And so, this idea that we can operate in a you know a business context exclusively on you know arguments is an easy place to go as features and benefits. Um, is a fool's errand. We need to find ways to uh, express ourselves in an authentic manner um, in order for people to feel that warmth, feel our motivation, to know our intent. And in that way, we're already miles ahead of where we would be if we just kept pounding the same um, competence um, door. I don't know where to leave that metaphor.
2: (laughs) So I have a question because I want to get this quote right because I like it. Well, I like all your quotes, but You were saying, is it people judge others, or they make decisions about others by warmth and competence?
4: Every social judgment. So when you're coming into a situation, you're like, "Gosh, do I like Deb? Let me think about, let me, you know, like." And the thing is, we do this intuitively, naturally, and that's one of the reasons why, as the digital divide grows, as we continue to sell and serve, and I mean those in the broadest sense possible, everyone here and everyone watching and listening sells and serves. So. As we have to sell and serve more often digitally, virtually, and online, and as these channels, all of them get noisier and more polluted than ever. Noise is, just, is benign. It's just sheer volume. Pollution is the things that pretend to be something that they're not. Is this link safe to click? Is this from who it says it's from? Um, is this a attachment actually safe, uh, et cetera? Like that's the pollution piece of it. So, In light of all of this, we cannot go into these channels expecting to connect with people across the digital divide in order to sell and serve serve um without bringing some degree of demonstrable and experienced warmth like people need to experience that from us and that's why uh video in all of its formats is so powerful is that if we're not going to get together across the table over coffee or lunch at the neighborhood coffee shop or whatever We need to find ways to replicate that because that is how humans for millennia have evolved. And so we make these judgments subconsciously, They're feelings, they're not even thoughts. And to the degree they are thoughts, they're subconscious thoughts. And we make all of our decisions, the things we say, the things we do, the decisions we make are driven by those thoughts and feelings that we can't quite articulate. But gosh, I have a really good feeling about her or, man, I don't know about that dude, right? That just happens. It's all gut. And so if we do not deliver in a way digitally that allows people to make those judgments, their brain fills in the gap and they fill it out to your detriment. They
5: assume the worst because that's the safest thing for them. Ron. Ethan, I love you on all levels right now. Okay. I love you so much. You know what I found? Like, like, you know, what I found has is the way that someone can coach themselves to deliver that in a way that is competent and warm is like, I was, I was, I would say it's like, it's like Superman isn't Superman until the building goes down. Right. Like he, like, that's when his heroism and his powers really show up. When the building or an alien, something catastrophic comes in, right? For I think a lot of people, their authentic selves, their heroic authentic selves, show up when someone else is in need, whether it be their client, whether anyone in their audience, right? So I always tell people, and it's like I love this frame of competence and or warmth and competence, right? Like warmth and competence. The way to do it, I think, is when you are creating video content. To be authentic is above all, like more than even putting all the pressure on, what am I wearing? How do I look? How do I sound? Who are you talking to? Mm-hmm. Who are you talking to? That's like the first thing, right? Is like, Right? Like what is sta- what do they want? What is standing in the way of them getting it? And how do you resolve it for them? When we do that, we take the pressure off of, our, off of ourselves. We are essentially creating something outside of ourselves that we can respond to as we would in a heroic situation, and then it's amazing to me, when I direct uh, clients' videos, that's literally what we do, and and you see the shift. And it goes from, hi, welcome to my video, to like, hi, so thank you so much for watching this. A lot of you at home are watching this, and you're thinking that, right, they're engaged, they're invested, it's competent and warm, bam. Ethan, I like your style. It's good, it's good.
3: I love that. And I love that, you know, you talked about how they can see that shift, Um, you know, and to kind of piggyback on that is that's one of the things I talk about is practice this. The more you start to do this and the more you start to realize you're just talking to somebody as if they're right in front of you and don't put this pressure of this camera and microphone and all of these things. And the one I always tell everybody, uh, you know, Ethan, you mentioned that people often give up before they even really get started because of all their imperfections that they're hearing or the things they don't like is we all, all, most of us, struggle with something called voice confrontation, which is hating the sound of your own voice. And so then we give up because we're like, you hear it back and you're going, that is what everybody's hearing. That's what I sound like. I am done. And you're going, but we all struggle with this. If you go Google voice confrontation, it is hating the sound of your own voice. And it is something that we almost all have. Uh, And so once you learn to Not hear that in yourself and to get over that and just push past that, you're going, okay, nobody else is hearing what I'm hearing and I can move past that. And then I can start to feel comfortable with this camera, with this presence, with this on stage, wherever you're at, um, when you're being and showing up authentically.
5: This is Julie, Julie, your voice is so calming and like, that was brilliant. I love it. <laughs> I love like, that.
3: <laughs> but yes, but if I listen to this back later, I'd be like, oh, that is, but I've learned over years of doing it that I know I'm not going to like the sound of it. And I've gotten better about hearing it back and not critiquing myself as much as I used to. Uh, you know, there's still things where I'll be like, ooh, I said so way too many times, you know, those filler words. And so I learned to catch those as well but that's through years of practice and years of listening to it back and going, okay, don't listen to the sound. Listen to the things that I can do to improve. Was I talking too fast? Too slow? Where, where was I at? And those things that I can then go back and improve upon to practice and get better at.
5: But you're like perfect proof of having the experience and having that blend of like nonverbal and verbal all being in alignment. And like when you talk, it's just like, it's so engaging because y- it's coming like, like, yes, you have your different rhythms and your different dynamics, but like slow, fast, whatever, but it's like it all grows out of you. And you see, it's like really cool to watch. So I hope, I hope when you watch this again, you'll be like, yeah, I rocked it.
3: Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Well, I think
2: you're all amazing. I just want to share something quick. I'm sure you can't see this, but I have this sticky note that you can't see, but what it says is use your indoor voice. Don't say, okay, don't say should.
3: <laughs> yep. All those little reminders, those little key things. But what I love about that is you can have those reminders and it's not making you any less authentic. You are still you, you're still Deb, but you're creating that better version of how you're going to present yourself to the world.
2: Thank you. Thank you. And believe me when I tell you, I don't remember the last time I looked at it, but it's there. And as you're, you're talking about the ums and the filler words, I'm like, wait, where is that? Oh, yeah, it's right here. So also when you write things down, then you don't have to look at them. They're, they sort of get sealed in your brain. Um, I think another key in which you're all really saying is to just be that amped up version of yourself because you you need to amp a little. I mean, you're you can't like you can't like a hug via computer. I mean, you can't look silly. and We do it anyway, but exactly or a high five or whatever. But what are, um, what are some other things people can do to really tap into their authenticity, Ethan?
4: Uh, I think one thing that helps straight away is to be doing work on themes that you actually care about. And if you find yourself in a situation where like, you know what, this is is fine, gainful employment. Um, I like it well enough. There's still another pursuit you can do, which is to find the nobility in uh, a job that you don't necessarily... It's not like your life's passion, right? It doesn't bring you to life that way. But if you can get behind the the true, and I hate the word because it's so abused as authenticity is, um, you know, the true value that you're delivering and you can put some faces and names and stories to positive outcomes of the work that you do. If you can just get up a little bit personally inside yourself and find what about the work that you're doing actually brings you to life or a little bit, that that brings a sense of healthy pride or motivation, that thing that drives you to persevere when you're like, ah gosh, I wish I could just shut it down today. Um, and I, and I mean those of course as extrinsic things like things that are meaningful to you. Um, it, it obviously is a great joy to every human being as a social creature, except for those who have something wrong with them. Um, to be of value and service to other people. And so focus on that at times. And that is what helps bring forth, um, A, the energy and the, and the commitment it takes to kind of persevere through things that are hard or difficult or new or whatever, challenging in some way. Uh, but then it also makes the what you're talking about so much more engaging, right? Um, th- the reason that Ron shared that really kind um, compliment to Julie is that she believes in what she's talking about. She cares about it a lot. She's seen it help a lot of other people. It has helped her. And so your, your, your ability to express things is immediately amped when you believe in it and when you care about it. And so you don't have to quit your job and go find your perfect job. uh, because I'm of the mind that it just doesn't exist. Just like there's no perfect place to live. Um, every place has its own strengths and weaknesses. Um, it's the same thing with our work, but we can still find some nobility or something that lights us up about um, th- the work done well and the people that we're serving. And so um, that's what I'll offer.
2: It's, I get this question a lot. What do you do when you don't, when you're not working towards something that you love? And the answer you just gave is my favorite answer to that question, which is find the things you love. And if you can't, get out.
4: Yeah. Yeah, and it doesn't. Again, again, this doesn't have to be. I feel like a lot of people. I'll share one more tip around authenticity. You know, it's based in some part on your truth, whatever that is, Um, and your truth is built of what I'll just describe as stories. And we tell ourselves stories. uh, Sometimes other people tell us stories, and we kind of internalize them. um, And they might be true. They might not be true. They may never have been true. They may have been true a couple of years ago but they're not really true anymore. And so I think this um, self-awareness is key to being authentic. And it's not this like conscious, constant effort, but it's this ability to, again, we've already talked a couple of times in this conversation about our best selves or our aspirational selves. And it's not inauthentic to begin acting in the direction um, that you want to grow. It's actually necessary. That's how we get there. Again, it's all journey and process. It's not you know, one day you arrive at this destination. And so like switching jobs isn't immediately going to make you, um, amazing, different, better. Um, it may be a step dramatically in the right direction, but there are opportun- opportunities to learn, grow, and be our best selves wherever we are today.
3: I love Absolutely. that. Absolutely. And kind of piggybacking on that in the job field is looking at who are your mentors out there and who are the people that you have been watching and learning and growing from. And what I like to say is you can pick small pieces from those and start to go, okay, you know what? That really is a part of who I am too. So I'm going to pull a little bit more of that from them and bring that into becoming part of who I am without copying. You don't have to go out and go, okay, I'm going to be the next whoever and be exactly like them because that's not who you are. But you can start to go, but you know what? There's pieces of that that are going to work very well for who I am and I can use those. And I can grab a little from here and a little from here and I can start to pull those in and go, now I've built out who I am from all of these little pieces and that is who I can present out to the world and that is who I can present out on video or on stage or in my job. And by pulling all those in, You're learning and growing yourself and getting better each day and each time. Yes, because we're not
2: improving. What are we doing here, people? Go on.
3: It's just great. I'll just make
4: a dumb, simple um, analogy based on what you shared there, Julian. It's like your favorite band or your favorite, favorite artist is a, a collection of all of their favorite stuff that they've listened to for years, but there's still a completely unique sound. Yes. I would also say that we've all heard covers of some of our favorite songs and we're like, I don't know about that direction. We're like, oh my gosh. I don't think of the song the same way anymore. So it's all so much about like this idea of drawing on your influences and incorporating aspects of things that you really appreciate and want to be more a part of you. Something that you want to more become um, is also not inauthentic. Yeah.
5: I just heard a a cover, uh, Bruce Springsteen doing a cover of staying alive. Okay. Let me just, let me just leave that for a second. And it was it was a Springsteen song. It was it was fully like well you can tell by the way I use my what you know it was like fully a Springsteen song. It was so authentic, and it was it was heavily influenced obviously by the people that wrote it, the BGS. But it had it was his like rhythm, his his instrumentation, the E Street Band, and it re- I related to it so much that I went and learned to play it myself and did my version of it. So it's like such an app point, and like that I was give the tip, um, and I say this hyperbolically, but like I like I would say there's two generalization, two kinds of people, those who tried stand-up and those who haven't. And like, that's a horrible thing. I mean, like, I don't think anyone, everyone should do it, but I would say like, try stand-up. That's like, and, and whatever standup means, it could be doing a solo sketch show or public speaking or teaching a, a kid's um, cooking class. or something where you're standing and it's just authentically you, you're stripped away of any kind of um, gimmicks or things that could hide what really comes out. And you're responding to an audience and interact with them directly, and that's terrifying. And I'm an introvert, like so I get it, but like it's terrifying. For the wait, wait, wait,
2: wait, wait! Did you just call yourself an introvert? You just called yourself an introvert.
3: I think you froze him. Yes. <laughs> you, no, where you, like, did in video go? The
5: where did my <laughs> video go? Yeah, I was like, that's so. He was so
3: shocked by the question. Did no, you just you... call
2: yourself an introvert?
5: I'm shocked that you're upset by it. Like, yes, I'm, intro- I'm so, I, I have social anxiety. Put me on stage in front of an audience with a guitar and a microphone. I know exactly what I'm doing. Ask me to order a party in March. I'm going to freak out about it now. <laughs> like, I Yeah, I'm a super introvert.
4: I'm also an introvert. I draw, like, I, I really yeah. enjoy engagements like this and I really enjoy lar- uh, social settings of all kinds, but I will withdraw at the earliest opportunity in order to restore my authentic self.
3: Yes. Yeah. I have I to have go to, decompress. I have oh, to get okay. to the room. Like, if I'm at a conference and by the end of like the networking, I'm like, oh, get okay. me in my room. I don't even want the television on. I want silence and decompression.
5: Oh, Deborah, the first half hour of this call, I was a- anxious. I was playing with my, uh, with my like anxious stone. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Did and we I'm- cure
2: you? We're nice, no, friendly people. Uh,
5: there's no, there's no cure, but it's, uh, we can do it. Wait. You know? So what
2: you're telling me is, of this group, I am the only extrovert.
4: Like through. Well, through. you are the host after all.
2: <laughs> I am the host after all. See, I, I get joy. I get energy. I could be having like a really frustrating day. Oh, I've got to do my show. Okay, I have to go get camera ready in the next five minutes. And then the camera goes on, and this is
3: my happy place. This is my. Well, see, this energizes me, this, but the stage will energize me. Like if I'm public speaking, the stage will energize me. But if you put me into a group setting Mm -hmm. where I then have to start just mingling and having in those conversations, that does not energize me. Interesting. Um,
2: Someone we, Because I used to work for a social media examiner and there's someone I used to work with there and I was her guide through all the mixers because she needed she needed it some people need that tag team to like barge into conversations I am the one who barges into conversation I'm sorry who inserts herself
5: well and this is such a good point as well because I think a lot of people stop themselves short of doing video and presenting and and showing up authentically because of the introverted nature of like, well, I, you know, I, I'm i so depleted by being around others, which parts of myself do I put out there? Right? Like, so this is such a great point, I think, in all this is like, how do you authentically put yourself through you know, the ringer of video, consistently creating content performing when you aren't when it, it might not be the thing that um, you gain energy from, right? And I think, again, it always comes back to this idea of like, being in service of like you said, like Ethan said, like, unless you're, have challenges, like your, your people love helping others. And I think introverts do it in the most incredible way, especially on -on one-on-one, right? Like introverts are incredible at one-on-one, like listening and all that. And so I think like, again, putting, if they think about it, like there's someone on the other side that's receiving the information and receiving the help that opens them up and then it becomes something more authentic.
3: Yeah. And I think to piggyback off of that is knowing how to turn it on in the right situations, and then learning what you need to then recharge. Like I said, like at the end of the conference, then I go back to the room and it's no television, it's no outside, you know, focuses, and I can just read and bring myself back down. And for me, that's my like, okay, now I'm ready to go the next day. I can do this again. So it's learning what you need to recharge when you are in those situations.
2: Absolutely. Oh, this is such, a, I, I put the question that, that Ron just asked on the screen, you know, how do you authentically put yourself through the ringer I'll, when you're doing video?
4: So um, one nuance to recorded video compared to live video is that you can play yourself back and judge every second of yourself prior to sending it. And then delete it and re record, delete, re record, delete, re record. And so, my tip for how people can work through that initial discomfort or put themselves through the video ringer is to just create like a gratitude habit. Um, thank you videos are the easiest videos to record and send. You don't need a script, uh, you just need to tell someone how much you appreciate them and why. And what they mean to you or how, what they did or what they said or what they didn't do or the introduction that they made. Like we all have, like, if you're investing your time in a show like this, like you're in a pretty good place. You're learning, growing, you're investing in yourself. Like you're looking for new ideas, uh, et cetera. Right. So you are past all the basic needs of human existence and you get to do fun and interesting things like develop yourself. So congratulations. And so this ability to, uh, so, so you have a lot to be thankful for because none of us gets here alone. And so whether it's time <laughs> Ethan, blocking, you know, Ethan like, that was awesome. <laughs> that was so great.
5: I love that. <laughs> Ethan, that's <is> so true.
4: <laughs> it God. is. Like it's, it's. Um, we all have a lot to be thankful for. And so um, it, sh- it should be easy to time block, you know, 10 minutes, a t- couple times a week and just send some thank you v- uh, videos. So what I do is I keep a notebook at hand. And when I hear someone's name come up, like I'm in the executive leadership team meetings and the senior leadership team meetings, when I hear someone's name come up uh, who works in a department that's different from mine, I report up into marketing, um, I'll just make a note and I'll just keep notes. Or when someone comes to mind, this happens to all of us all of the time, someone comes to mind like, oh, man, she's so cool. It's been a long time since I connected with her. And then the moment passes, something else takes our attention and we move on through our day. I try to capture those and write those down too. And then when I find 10 minutes between meetings or something, I'll knock out three or four. Hey, how are you doing? I was happy to hear. I was sorry to see. I was sorry to hear. Um, thank you so much. Congratulations. Good job type video messages. And that habit, A, lowers the, the threat of what it looks like and feels like this, you know, anxiety around your voice and how much you don't like it. Um, all that stuff starts to go away through repetition is a degree of exposure at some level to get through the video ringer. Um, but I would just add it. Um, thank you is an easy video message that is authentic to you. And by the way, if you don't mean it, don't show up on video. This is, um, one of my favorite episodes, I host the Customer Experience Podcast, and I hosted uh, Dr. Andrew Brodsky, whose pr- whole body of work is pr- he's at the University of uh, Texas at Austin, the McCombs School of Business. And his whole body of work is around um, communication, productivity, primarily in the workplace. And so he did this whole breakdown of authentic communication. One of his tips is, um, if you really mean what you're saying, try to do something richer than email, because email automatically takes Um, the sincerity away. People assume the least or assume the worst uh, in email. Whereas uh, if you really mean it, you want the richest format that will capture and convey how much you actually mean it. And so uh, that's another reason why video uh, in thank you videos are some of the best videos to get started and get through the ringer and get comfortable.
2: Did you know, Ethan, the first video message I ever sent was to you? No. No. Because you were, you were on my friend, Viv, was Viv on your show or you were on Viv. Yeah, she show? has
4: been. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah.
2: And I think that's how we met. And I think I messaged you and you replied with a video and I said, okay, if not now, when? But I think it was the first video message I ever sent. So thank you for that.
4: That's awesome. It, and here's what I'll say. It didn't feel like your first video message because you knew what you're, you know, like you knew what you wanted to do express and you just did it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's why, that's why I like confidence more than comfort. Comfort is this kind of like lean back thing where I can, you know, I can just kind of, and I feel like a lot of people who embrace authenticity approach it sometimes from that kind of lazy or lean back position of I'm just going to be comfortable in, you know, in my place. And I'm going to expect other people to conform to me rather than confidence, which is fundamentally attractive. It's way more engaging. You're going to learn and grow a lot more through it. Um, and that confidence is just a w- really winning posture and there is, this is going to be controversial at the end of an authenticity conversation. There is a little bit of fake it till you make it. And I think there's a little bit of that. And what Julie was teaching us about taking a piece here and a piece there, and it's not fully who I am yet, but I aspire to it. And I want to incorporate it. There's like, there is a little bit of try it on, fake it till you make it, but it's just this ongoing process. And so as long as you're true at your core, to who you are, what you're about, what's important to you, um, and you're, and there's integrity between kind of thought, word, and deed, um, then you're in a good place, even if you're kind of adopting um, new practices or new ideas, or and even if you're borrowing them from your influences, other people.
2: I, I love that. And I loved it when Julie said it earlier as well. When when I do my uh, pre-event planning workshop, so helping people ramp up to go to conferences or summits, one of the first things I say is look at your LinkedIn and make sure it is reflective of the who you want to present to the world. Mm -hmm. Doesn't necessarily have to be a yet, but you want to give the right impression and make sure that
3: it is mirrored on your professional profiles. So, And I always like to change the fake it till you make it. And say, make it until you make it. So you don't have to fake it. Pull those pieces and start to just make that. And then go, okay, these worked, these didn't, but you're making it the whole time.
4: Yeah. Build it till you've made it.
3: Yeah. Ooh, I love it. So Repeat.
4: it's an iterative process.
2: Now, the goal that you just gave. Is that the goal that you want to gift or do you want to give something else?
4: Um, No, I feel like I've dominated the back half of this conversation. I'll um, let my offerings be of use as they are.
2: Okay. Goal from Ethan, block out 10 minute, keep a note, a notebook of, and I love this tip because if you don't write it down, it goes away. Keep an ongoing notebook of people that you want to message and then do three in a 10 minute block of time. The other reason why I love it so much is if you give yourself that goal of three, you can't overthink it. You just have to go boom, boom, boom. Mm-hmm. So
4: I love it. That's a great summary. Thank you for that.
2: Oh, you're welcome. That's what I do. Uh, Ron, what goal would you like to gift?
5: Yeah, Um Again, the idea of like try stand up, but it it doesn't have to be stand up, but it's try something where you have to authentically stand there, present yourself, respond, be in service of. And it could be as simple as just being aware of when you're on a call with someone or when you're working on a team and you're trying to help someone learn something new or, you know, kind of cross a threshold, experience a transformation of some kind. Be aware of how you're showing up, what feels right to you, what excites you, where do you feel most confident, competent. Warm. Um, all the things like yeah, just just build that awareness um and then start applying it with intention.
2: So you want to put yourself in positions where you need to think on your feet. Is that pretty much
4: it? Yeah, take an improv class. I love (laughs) and and you don't have a lot to lean on or hide behind.
2: I think that's good. So try stand up, and if you don't want to stand up, sit down. No, but put yourself in positions where you need to think on your feet because you all the crap kind of like flows away. You you have no choice but to be you. Right?
5: Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's where your like your true leader will arise in that conflict of like I have to respond on the spot. It's like I learned being a dad, like I didn't um I didn't become an adult until we um I'm in Colorado and we had the Marshall fires literally across the street from where uh, I live and and down the street from where my co-parent and daughter live. And I didn't grow up until December 31st of 2021, where I had to look at my child and be like, it's okay. Your stuffies are okay. As the fire was heading to my apartment. And I was worried that I was going to lose my, you know, my whole business is wrapped up in my computer and my video files and all these things. And uh, I remember in that moment, just something that I didn't ever, as a comedian is, as a goof, I never thought that I would be that, you know, stern and not stern, but like that stoic and, and solid and just about this little human who's terrified for her, for her, her belongings and her whole world, right? She's, she, cause the fire was moving towards our, our house, our apartment stuff. And uh, yeah, like from that, from that awful situation, like something arose and I, I haven't been the same since, you know, I, I don't feel like I was, I, I'm 42, so I should have grown up a long time ago, but I yeah, you know in that overrated. moment it's overrated right um but it's it's in that moment something right so 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 I'm not saying people should put themselves in a martial fire situation but like find out where you're showing up as the hero as the as the responder as the helper as someone who cares about others in service of right and 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 in that goes thinking on your feet right like put yourself in situations where it's it's uncontrol, it's it's these intangibles, these uncontrollables and how are you showing up to solve the problem
2: did everything turn out okay?
5: Yeah. It like, I mean, it's really scary. It literally stopped. I mean, we've, we have a lot of friends that lost their homes and it's just, it was, I mean, it was awful. It's it's tragic. And we still, when we drive into school, it's, I mean, you still see like the rebuilding, but, it, um but yeah, it literally stopped across the street from where I live and it was far from where uh, they live. So yeah, we were fine. We ended up just staying with my sister's for a couple of days while we lost power. It, was, it ended up being a fun family, uh, Outings. But yeah, thank goodness. Like for Hashem, I say that's bless the Lord in Hebrew. I'm not no, religious. Like... I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not religious. I'm just, I just like to say. <laughs> Deborah knows, Deborah knows.
2: Deborah does know. And okay. <laughs> what I was going to say is when we had the, the Malibu fires. So fortunately where I live in LA is sort of like a barrier because I'm not in the Valley, but you don't have to tell me about fires. We know. I've reported. I've had to talked. To, I interviewed somebody on the Malibu fires because they had to move their wedding because of the fires, and they did it all in twenty four hours. So that's oh, the man. the story that that anyway. Tangent over Julie. Yes. How's that for switching off of the tangent? That was a
3: that was a switch that a switch there. Uh, you know so. To show up and be your authentic, your goal really is to sit down and think about who you are and are you delivering yourself authentically or are you putting a mask on and putting on somebody else every single day? Write down the things about what you're doing that you feel are the authentic you and write down the things that you feel are the masked version of you and is this masked version of you because... You have to be this masked version in this corporate situation that hasn't evolved and allowed you to take that off yet? Or are you putting it on because you're afraid to take it off? And what is stopping you from taking that mask off and being the authentic version of yourself when you're out there? So really sit, do an exercise, do some journaling. And this might take multiple times of sitting down and writing this all out and going, who am I? Who do I want to be? And what is stopping me from being who I want to be and who I want to show up as authentically and true to myself every day? What lights you up? What makes you happy and gives you joy? And what are these things that are going to let you go out and be you and share that with the world? Because we all have something to share and it's a matter of who you're sharing it with and how you're sharing it. Now, I, I'm going
2: to have to concise this. I've been I, I've been taking little cheat sheet notes because if you go to devmethod.com slash blog, you'll get the recap, the links, and a bunch of these kernels of wisdom. Uh, but journaling, you know, is one of my favorite things. And do the, I call it the directed journaling method. Sit down a couple times in a week, make an appointment and do the things and make an honest evaluation of yourself so you could take that information and move
3: forward. Yeah. You might find that you've been, even with your family, putting a mask on and not even realizing it. We've put ourselves in these situations that have become so automatic that it's that, you know, you walk into the world, into the office or your kids are coming out and you're trying to talk to them. And so suddenly you're like, this, you can, you'll, and you'll feel it. Once you start recognizing it, you'll start to feel, you'll feel your shoulders tense up or you'll feel your, you know, your, your body change and you'll go, Oh, Oh, I did just do that. Like, and I didn't need to, why was I putting this mask on with my kid, um, who was coming in, but you've become so automatic at doing it in other situations that once you start to catch it, you'll start to catch it often and then go, okay, relax, breathe, let's work through this. And who am I and who do I want to be when I deliver it out?
2: Now, I'm going to sound redundant, but I'm not. I just want to, and I know we're, we're running a little long, but if you will, this is such a good conversation. Um, what recommendation do you have on how do you get rid of that mask? Because I think that's the biggest problem people have is A, they probably don't know, or B, they probably do know, but Th- they like it crazy glued to their face.
3: A lot of it's going to be once you start to figure it out, it's kind of like your little note there that you had um, by your screen that said, you know, don't say should, don't don't say the ums, don't say the sos. Once you put it in your head, once you have it written down that you're doing these things, you'll start to hear it more often. You'll start to see it. You'll take those moments, um, you know, journaling and meditation for me were good ones to really sit back. And to start to play that playbook back of the day and then go, oh, that was a moment I did that. Now it's registered in my brain that it was a moment that I did it. So the next time I start to do it, I can start to recognize that I started to do it and go, pause, rethink that. How do I really want to do this? Because that was not how I wanted to do that. Um, and it, it's practice and it's time. It does not happen instantly. You're not going to, you're not going to write this list down and go, okay, this is who I am. This is who I really actually authentically want to be. Um, and wake up the next morning and be that person. It doesn't happen that way. I mean, gosh, I wish it did. That would be amazing, but it's going to take time and take recognition and teaching yourself. Um, it's, it's a lot like. A public speaker or somebody who has gone to improv, like you said, where it's learning. You're, you're growing and you're going to have to continue to teach yourself these moments of practicing through that.
2: Love it. Start with awareness, bahas, and rethink when you feel the mask coming on. And I love um, Ethan and Ron's take on this as well. Do you have any magic mask removal solutions?
4: Even. No, it's it's exactly what Julie said. It's this it's this understanding it, right, so that you can be con- so that you can consciously recognize because so much of it is just like deeply baked mm-hmm. habitual behavior. It's a coping mechanism for some other thing. We've gotten to where we are by donning it whenever necessary or appropriate, um, perceived necessary or appropriate, subconsciously. So that just being a, being aware of it at all. Um, you know, it's to say. It's anytime you're trying to change any habit. It's is like being aware of when you are making the decision to do the thing, wrestling with it with yourself, giving your mm-hmm. giving yourself permission to fail sometimes, and can do whatever you said you weren't going to do again, again anyway. Um, but that conscious awareness is the first step by far, because otherwise you're just operating in default mode, and you're just going to keep doing the things that you've been doing because you're doing them for a reason. You're drawing some degree of comfort, not confidence, but comfort out of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's the thing. Um, So I hope hope people watching or listening can relate to the idea of, I wanted to change this habit or behavior. I wanted to start doing this thing or stop doing this thing. And you catch yourself. It's the same thing with authenticity in general. You know, when you're doing something like code switching, right? Like you're like, okay, you know, like, I need to do something against what I really want to do here. Um, And so when you, when you catch yourself consciously around these, around the mask wearing behavior and by mask wearing, we mean um, hiding, hiding, whatever you really wanted to say, hiding what you really meant, um, hiding feelings that are reasonable and appropriate for the situation. But for some reason you feel socially compelled to, uh, withhold your words or withhold your expression. Like that's all the mask wearing behavior. Um, and so when you catch yourself doing it, just be aware, um, and try not to do it as often.
3: And I love that you said, give yourself permission to fail because you're not going to get it right, right away. And it's going to take time and it's going to take growth. And if you go beat yourself up the first time you get it wrong, then you're going to give up. And you're going to tell
4: yourself the story that you suck at it and you can't do it.
3: Yes. Yeah.
4: Which is not and a no fair one wants story. That.
5: Yeah. Actually, I I've um, I learned um, I learned stand up this way myself. I used to perform stand up and singing uh, as a Neil Diamond impersonation impersonation. So I created a Neil Diamond impersonator act where I was pretending to be a Neil Diamond impersonator. So it was a sketch character, and I would wear I would get up in comedy clubs in Chicago and I'd be like, "How many of you have a dream? Well, my dream is to be a Neil Diamond impersonator." And then I put on a wig and like the guitar. And that's her playing and, and do jokes as this character, you know, as this kind of this lame guy who goes around the country and does Neil Diamond. And my friends who were comics were like, you're killing it. You're, you're, everyone's laughing, but you're not. It's not a, it's it's not authentic. And my argument at the time was, well, it's a mask because I'm afraid to write for myself. I'm afraid to share what's going on in my heart. Well, I did it for about five years. And then when the marriage started going south, um, I started for the character I wrote about. My wife hates me and all these things and i i i played like a video of it after a performance for my my wife at the time and she's like this is awesome the material is great it's funny but like you're you're for the first time ever you're breaking character right so the mask the mask wasn't serving anymore and, and the, there was like pockets of light that were just shining through it of of myself and what essentially ended up happening was i created a new security where like and i think that's the key to change right is creating a new security on the other side of the change fence, right? Where you're like, I, I see the vision of what it's going to be like when I'm not wearing the mask anymore and I'm being myself on stage. Um, and that actually is more secure than me doing it this way, right? The the old way is not serving anymore. It's not as safe as it used to be. It was there to keep me safe, right? Permission to fail, permission to try. And I literally learned to sing doing this. Like I, It was safe for me to sing as someone else. And then I learned to sing and then I started getting invited to sing and and, and certainly as a comedian, I started writing for myself. And then it was like a few months after, that, it was like, that was July. And in September I did my first show as me. And again, it was like, it, it killed because, and I, it never used to kill before, but it killed because I was ready. Again, created a new security. Um, that being said, I'm so sorry. I have to run, I have to feed my child. She's in the other room. So I- um, I've, befo- I've so sorry Before
2: to- we go, yeah.
5: um,
2: <laughs> to help people where they can find you, we're, we're going to wrap in the next two minutes. So Ron, where can people find you?
5: Um, I, uh, you can find me on Instagram or Facebook, Ron, last name Ben Joseph, Ben hyphen Joseph, or, uh, check out my website, artful Speaking, with one L artfulspeaking.com.
2: Awesome. And Julie, where can people find you?
3: I am at social jewels, ICT on all of the socials. Uh, and then of course on any of StreamYard's channels. Wonderful. And Ethan, where can people find you?
4: Uh, I am Ethan Butte on most social networks, E T H A N B E U T E. And depending on the network, it's jammed together or two separate words. Um and Bomb Bomb is just the word bomb twice, B-O-M B, B-O-M-B. So that's bomb bomb.com and uh, bomb bomb on all the socials.
2: Excellent. And as I mentioned before, you can go to the devmethod.com slash blog to get the recap and the links. And I will put your your links in the chat as well as your LinkedIns because I find that's a really valuable way for people to connect and meet you. And I am at the Deb Method everywhere. And you can learn more about me either at thedebmethod.com or at eventoutcomeoptimization.com to learn about my workshop. So, oh my goodness, what a wonderful conversation! And boy, did the time go fast! Thank you so much. Julie, Ethan, and Ron for joining me today. And for those of you who are listening or watching, whether you're watching Gold Chat Live or listening to The Dev Show podcast, thank you for choosing yourself and choosing to be more authentic. You, We know you can do it. So just go on out there and go for it. Thanks for listening to The Dev Show. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Need more inspiration and motivation? Connect with me on LinkedIn, follow at Method on social media, and check out thedevmethod.com. Best of luck with your goals, and remember, you can do it.
1: You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Steve Turney hosts a great podcast geared toward mental health marketers called The Boost. or search for The Boost wherever you get your podcasts. You heard him. Go subscribe. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.